You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to the Rebels Podcast. Uh, this is our first episode for the first season of Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And with me, as always, the, uh, the, the I don't know, the Lego brick to my Lego brick, uh, Matt the Crankster <laughs> Crinky. Nice. Hey, what's going up? What's going up? What's going on, <laughs> Star Wars Rebels fans? Hey, we're back. Uh, yeah. Hey, Mike, another Star Wars uh, series. What, what's going on? This kind of this kind of snuck up on me. I mean, I I know it's been uh, talked about for a little while, but this is one of those series that kind of flew under the radar because I saw Lego and I kind of just yeah. put it in the back there. It's not Episode Eight news. No. It's not. It's not Rogue One. So you kind of put it in the back of the shelf there. But uh, we saw the first episode. In fact, I have a bunch of episodes to get through. Uh, those in the States have got four episodes right now. But uh, for all those uh, fans of the Rebels, hey, we are back. And this gives us a chance to talk about some, some more stuff. Like, we're not going to get Rebels yeah. for a while. But hey, we got Freemakers and we got a ton of Star Wars news and general movie news and stuff. So we thought it'd be a great opportunity yeah. for us to get on here and just chat about some of the other stuff that goes on in the star wars universe so this is cool this is gonna be good stuff man um i guess we're gonna start with some just go into the news and then we'll then we'll talk about freemakers at the to round out the podcast what do you yeah think? definitely so so what do you think man uh let's start with you want to start with rogue one yeah yeah let's talk about rogue one i mean uh yesterday as of recording i uh, entertainment weekly dropped just buckets and buckets of Rogue One news Jeez. on us. So, um, so really, really cool. Uh, uh, the most information I think we've gotten about the movie since uh, since maybe that first trailer came out. Um, yeah. And uh, and actually, I would say we we got quite a what? we got a fair amount of info at Star Wars Celebration last year. Of course, Matt, you and I were present for that oh, panel. Yeah. Um, which yeah, yeah which family. ended up being all about Rogue One because uh, because Josh Trank uh, got the boot. Um, no, he was sick. Oh yeah, day, he, sorry, he was sick. <laughs> sorry, my bad. Yeah, Josh Trank was uh, he was sick. Sure he was. And uh, <laughs> yeah, 
I, I, yeah, and, and totally, and he just, you know, he just wanted to go a different direction after Fantastic Four. It had absolutely yeah. nothing to do with the fact that Simon Kinberg uh, had to deal with the ridiculousness that was Josh Trank on the Fantastic yeah. Four set. Simon Kinberg being an executive producer of Star Wars Rebels, as well as a producer on uh, on some of these Star Wars movies. No, that didn't have anything to do with it. It was totally just, <laughs> he was sick, and then he just wanted to true. take a break from franchise movies. And uh, so we got we got a full, what was that, like an hour and a half of Gareth Edwards and uh, I, Kathleen Kennedy yeah, and yeah. Kerry Hart talking about yeah. Star Wars, uh, the future of Star Wars, and uh, Rogue One in particular, but they've been radio silent. And as I, you know what, I laid this out for everybody like a year ago, so I, it would be funny to go back and find the podcast where I said it. But I think it was soon after Star Wars Celebration. Um, I said basically what they're gonna do is like they're only gonna talk about Star Wars Rebels up until the premiere. Right, mm-hmm. we're gonna get we, we got Force Friday in between there, and so Force Friday we got toys and stuff like that. But like we got we got basically like a little bit of, of a hint at some stuff at at, um, at Comic Con. From then on, they were radio silent on Force Awakens. So between then and and uh, Rebels premiere, it was all Rebels. And then as soon as Rebels premiered, a week later they started talking about the Force Awakens. And then I said, as soon as The Force Awakens comes out on Blu-ray, they're going to start talking about Rogue One. And that mm-hmm. week uh, is when they, they released the, the uh, or maybe like the week after is when they released the, uh, the Rogue One teaser. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, like they're going to talk about Rogue One up until Comic-Con, at which point they'll talk a little bit about Episode Eight. And, uh, and well, I guess which comes first, Comic-Con or Celebration? Uh, I believe... I think it's Comic-Con, right? Comic-Con is a week before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I think Comic-Con, they'll talk a little bit about Episode Eight and a lot about Rogue One. Um, Mm -hmm. I think after that, they're going to talk about... uh, Celebration, I think, is going to be mostly Star Wars Rebels. Um, They have talked... They've they've said that, you know, I I think Gareth Edwards is going to be there. Um, Yes. I I think uh, uh, they've announced a few other people. Um, yeah, but I they're doing they're doing the opening panel, I believe, like they did with yeah. Celebration last year. Yeah, with, exactly. Uh, JJ. Yeah. 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 So I think that um, I think that there will be a lot of Rogue One news and a lot of Star Wars Rebels news coming out of Celebration. But to be perfectly honest, I think there will be more Rebels news out of Celebration than Rogue One, just like there mm-hmm. was more Rebels news than there was Force Awakens news. Um, right out of celebration last year because rebels they can talk about <clears throat> these movies they can't talk about they got they got to keep their mouth shut <laughs> um yeah. so yeah. so yeah i i think that that's kind of what we're in store for and then as soon as star wars rebels premieres again probably the end of september beginning of october as soon as that's out of the way all of a sudden we're gonna get all this i uh, uh rogue one news um and the the rumor right now is that we're gonna get a title and a teaser for um, for episode, episode eight. eight in November. Yeah. So uh, that's crazy. I mean, like yeah. I, I believe that you know, like uh, last last week or two of November is usually when all those trailers tend to drop, and uh, and it would be perfect for them to release it just a couple of weeks before Rogue One, so that when we're all sitting in the theater at Rogue One, we can see the trailer for 
Star Wars Episode Eight. Episode Eight. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna yeah. call. I I think it's gonna be something like Rise of the Resistance or Fall of the Resistance. Um, I think I've seen a mock poster, or not necessarily a mock poster, but like a teaser poster um, that seemed like a spy photo or something like that that said the Fall of the Resistance. Um, so hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. I we'll, we'll see, right? But uh, yeah. But for now, we've got a ton of rogue one news to talk about wow and this is all like if you're seriously spoiler free um we're gonna be talking about some stuff and this is nothing that hasn't been legitimately put out there by a lucasfilm so but if you're one of those people that are super you know want to stay super spoiler free then you might want to um yeah edit here and there but uh yeah, Mike, we got these entertainment. We here's here's what I wanted to ask you though before we get into the, some of this entertainment weekly stuff. Yeah, I don't know that I remember a Star Wars film, even though there's only been what seven or whatever, if you want to count uh, uh, the uh, Clone Wars movie. But you can go eight. But I don't know how a Star Wars movie has ever had a a month or so of of, of being in the news for yeah. for problems. Yeah. And this all st- I mean we were talking we got stuff about you know the new directors are coming in 40% of the movie was going to be reshot uh mm-hmm. they're bringing in um what was there was another big thing they were talking about uh, oh there was they were talking about you know it was test screen and audience didn't like it and the, and the, the executive team wasn't too happy with it and I got to say like yeah, I, even myself, I kind of fell into the trap of of listening to that stuff and and clicking on a lot of these articles that were were saying that kind of stuff. And obviously, we found out through Entertainment Weekly and other sources that that necessarily wasn't the case. I mean, everything's fine in Star Wars land. Um, this is something that happens with all major blockbusters. Is uh, and this is kind of new to me. They actually budget in and time and put time in. Um, extra shooting. And that's just a common thing now with big movies. It's it's really common. And I think a lot of people kind of got freaked out because it's a Star Wars movie. What? They're doing research? Because you didn't hear a lot of stuff about research in Force Awakens. Uh, you didn't hear about it a lot in the prequels. And obviously you didn't hear about it in the OT. But, Mike, what did you think about all this stuff that was coming out and, and just all kind of like the sky was falling that we got for the last few weeks about Rogue One? Did you, did you catch a lot of that? What did you think of it? I did, yeah, and you know it. It it all kind of it, it's funny because not everybody pays attention to sort of the trades and and uh, and and the movie news in in the same way that I do. Um, I think probably by virtue of the fact that I did go to film school and sorry, so I kind of I kind of keep track of things not just in the like you know fan sort of uh, purview, but also as as someone who's really genuinely interested in, in the way that the industry works. So um, so I do remember last year when when they announced reshoots for for The Force Awakens and, and sort of what that was going to entail and all that sort of thing. Um, I, I do know, like, all these movies go back for reshoots, all these mm-hmm. big ones, especially, especially all this big Disney stuff. Yeah. Um, I think one of the one of the key things about reshoots is that when you've got the money to do it, um, why wouldn't you, right? Yeah. I uh, there, there's a there's a funny thing about filmmaking, <clears throat> where I they they refer to the edit as the the final rewrite, 
right? And uh, mm-hmm. that's it's actually it's actually one of George Lucas's stronger points. Um, although you know the 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 uh, what he had to work with in the prequels, uh, and this was by his own hand. You right. know, what he had to work with wasn't exactly the best, but uh, but but he is kind of the master of of the uh, of the re-edit, um, somewhat to his detriment. And I would think that that that's exactly what happened in in the prequels is that he shot a lot of stuff and said as an editor and not as a director, ah, we can just fix this in post. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And, uh, and you can see it in the behind the scenes stuff, um, where like they didn't even necessarily go back for reshoots or if they did, one of the things that always sticks out to me is that there's a scene in the Phantom Menace where I, I think it's just after they've, they've arrived at the pod racer hangar and uh the the eopies or whatever have like pulled in anakin's pod and uh qui-gon and padme have a have an exchange i think and then they walk off and there's like that's supposed to be where the scene ends but it ends up in the movie it pans over to r2 and 3po on the side and they have a funny little exchange Mm -hmm. that wasn't shot on the location and the the camera move was actually done by like shifting the frame over and blue screening mm-hmm. 3PO and R2 into the shot and then like splicing it all together and compositing it um and like extending that background and that was sort of I remember seeing that when the DVDs first came out and looking at it and being like wow that's incredible right like I can't believe that the technology is able to do that and then I think what you see in episode two and three is a reliance on that type of technology mm-hmm. to um, to change the story after the fact. So when you're in that editing process, which they, they're in the midst of with Rogue One, I think a lot of the time what you find is, is oh, man, it would be great if we had an insert shot of them, you know, uh, pushing the throttle on on the ship before they go into hyperspace. I can't believe we forgot to get that. Write it down. We'll do it in reshoots, right? right? Um, oh, that that one line three quarters of the way through the movie doesn't make any sense because we didn't properly set that up in the first 20 minutes of the movie. Let's write a scene so that we can go back and reestablish that. Or, oh, this character is really, really good. And we don't have nearly enough of them in the movie. Um, let's go back and fix mm-hmm, that, right. right? Like, let's go back and shoot a few more scenes with that character and uh, and, and increase their screen time or, or, you know, fill in some holes. So that's exactly what's happened. That's exactly what they're doing. Um, the idea that they would reshoot 40% of the movie this close to release is uh naive at best and uh idiotic at worst in my opinion because like there's no time for that sort of thing like they gotta they need to have you know the 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 effects and all of that stuff like they 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 gotta be running full tilt on that and they can't be changing the story this far this yeah this, yeah right, right uh to to release not if they want to hit that window right. right so yeah um yeah that and the thing that i said when people were everybody was sort of talking smack about it and that was going around the internet was i uh, 
A, look at The Force Awakens, which came out, I think, basically perfectly. Yeah. Um, in fact, every time I go back and watch that movie again, it's, it just gets better and better and better. Um, and, the, and, and more important than that, sort of the most important thing I can say is Kathleen Kennedy is not mm-hmm. stupid. Um, she knows exactly what she's doing. She hired Gareth Edwards for a reason, and it's because when John Knoll came up with the idea and then uh, Gary Witta wrote the script, they needed somebody who could pull off that story, and that person was Gareth right. Edwards. I, we're talking about a studio um, in Lucasfilm uh, in conjunction with Disney that can do absolutely anything yeah. they want. Right? They can hire anybody. They can do anything. Um, I think that the only two directors on the... I'd say three directors. There's probably three directors on the face of the earth who want nothing to do with Star Wars. One is George Lucas. (laughs) The other one's Steven Spielberg. Right, he said that, yeah. Um, And... And the other one will be Christopher Nolan because he's a pretentious <laughs> just idiot. So um, I think anybody else, uh, you know, maybe, maybe some people could throw a couple other big directors in there that, that maybe wouldn't be that interested. But I don't think that there are too many other people who, who wouldn't jump at the opportunity to direct one of these movies. Now, obviously, they consider budget, they consider the expense and that sort of thing. Gareth Edwards, somebody who is right on the uh, the sort of the the upward swing of his career, is in a perfect position to yeah. to direct Rogue One, just like Ryan Johnson is in the perfect position to direct mm-hmm. Episode Eight. Um, that like these guys are right there in their careers where they they they're still hungry. You know, they still got to make a name for themselves, but they are seasoned. They know what they're doing. They can be trusted with a movie like this. I think I think what we saw with Josh Trank was a miscalculation on that part was um, huge success coming off of Chronicle. And then I, I you never know. I, I don't think like as talented or intelligent or any of that as, as an artist can be. And I do think that Josh Trank is all of those things. Uh, he's, he's an intelligent, talented, um, clever, creative, uh, filmmaker. I mean, Chronicle is a, a fantastic film. Um, you never know with fame, with, like how fame is going to affect people. Right. Uh, I think Shia LaBeouf is another example mm-hmm. of someone who who had a lot of potential and had a great career ahead of him, but he just couldn't handle the spotlight. He couldn't handle all of that attention and all of the expectation. And and for one reason or another, and I'm sure if you talk to him, you kind of get to the to the heart of it. Um, they they crack right. And I don't think that they I, I don't think that Kathleen Kennedy could have anticipated that specifically right. happening. You know. Because um, Josh Trank looked to be in the same position, you know, he come yeah. off Chronicle, going into uh, Fantastic Four, and by all accounts, you know, in 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 um, pre-production and development, it seemed like Fantastic Four was going to be a really big hit for Fox. They put a lot of money behind it, and then the production itself was just so troubled, uh, and they had to they had to change directions with that director. And you know, whatever movie he was going to make is now. Right. Backburnered, right? Um, I, I think that that other than that uh, sort of un, unforeseen outcome, I think other than that, 
Kathleen Kennedy has been really shrewd in the people that she's chosen um, to helm Star Wars. So who's doing episode Trevorrow. nine? Yes, uh, Colin Trevorrow. So I get like I mean, you can look at these directors mm-hmm. and you can see exactly yeah. where they are, right? Um, Colin Trevorrow coming right off of Jurassic World, uh, one of the uh, oh, most man. successful movies of last year. You know, I, I think would have been the most successful movie of last year Force had it not been for the Force Awakens, <laughs> yeah. for better or worse. I mean, like looking back on on Jurassic World, Jurassic World has a lot of problems, but um, but not for lack of. Um, yeah. Not for lack of, of trying to make it a good movie. And I, and I do think that, that the soul of a good movie is there. I think that there were some some missteps on Colin Trevorrow's yeah. part. Um, but, man, he can handle the big stuff. And, you can, know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, you know. And if you've got, if you've kind of got the, the crew uh, writing these movies that they do and the, and the story group and everybody sort of overseeing that, I think the problem with Jurassic World ends up being that um, they had to bring in, they had to do with Jurassic World what what JJ and Lawrence Kasdan had to do mm-hmm. with The Force Awakens, and that was reintroduce you to a world through the eyes of a cast of new characters. Um, and I think that Jurassic World reintroduced us to the world of Jurassic Park in in spectacular fashion. I think that their characters were a little bit weaker. Um, on screen than maybe they were on paper. I think I think possibly that was a better script than it ended up being a movie. But um, I don't know because I haven't read the script. But mm-hmm. that would be you my guess, what? right? Is that things kind of fell apart in the edit. But um, you know, I think I, I think with Star Wars, those characters are established now, um, and it's going to be up to Trevorrow to sort of put a button on it. You know, just sort of yeah. wrap it up in a nice bow with uh, with well, episode nine. Now, so. well, now that I think about it, I mean, you just spark my memory here about i guess we did get a little bit of i don't even know if you call it controversy it was just that they let michael arndt go and if you watch the behind the scenes stuff you just realize that you know what they just didn't have the time for him because he when he takes a script he by his own admission he says he takes a year or two to write a script or to write a treatment and kathleen kennedy's just like we just don't have that time and it's and they gave him credit in the movie, so I don't think it was. I remember they were talking. I remember this years ago when we heard about this, like it was a big, sort of a big thing, you know, like oh man, they're letting go, Michael Arn go. And it seems to me now that looking back on it now, and to what I've seen in the behind the scenes, it was it was a mutual thing. Like hey, no problem, you know, here's what I got, and and I'll take a little writing credit, and and I'll start on something else. It wasn't like one of those oh, we don't like what you're doing, get out of here. It was just like we don't have the time. We need to get this thing going. And when this thing is coming yeah. out in 2015, and and we appreciate you wanting to take your time with us, but we just don't have to do this. They gave it to, uh, they brought Kasdan in, and I think with the reshoots that have been going on with Rogue One, I think that, like you said, that's a great idea because you can, I can imagine in a big film like this, you have the animatics, you have the storyboards, and then you put this thing on film, and then you go back and look at it and go, oh wow, you know, like you said, Mike. Oh, maybe we can use something else right there. And oh, that's a great character. He, we didn't think he was gonna, you know, come off the screen like that. Let's go do some more with him. And that just makes total sense to go back and and make this thing like they said. If it's make it even better than it already is. Is that that's kind of what their their uh, their reasoning for doing these reshoots reshoots is? Is let's just make a yeah. a, a good movie great. So that is a total like win for me. Like, okay, now I get it. Now there's all these 
rumors about, oh man, it's in trouble and people were seeing it and they didn't like it. I have heard, and this might be true, that you know, this is a war movie. And Gareth Edwards said in that panel, it's Star Wars. And we were there at that panel and he said that. And I have heard some things about mm-hmm. they wanted to give bring a little bit of, um, I don't know necessarily levity, but some of the Star Wars um, comedy, I guess, I don't know. You know what I mean? The, the playfulness of Star Wars into it a little bit. Yeah. And I can I can see that as well. Um, so, so yeah, the, the, the reshoots and everything, I, I now that I look... And now that I know what's going on, totally not worried about it. And and seeing this trailer, I'm like, you're looking at the trailer going, man, how could this thing be in trouble? You know, this this trailer's freaking great. But of course, yeah. trailers have trailers have <laughs> that's the you thing. know uh, made things look better than they have before. But anyway, uh, so so going yeah. from that to what we've seen in the last couple of days, Entertainment Weekly is getting this all kinds of stuff. We just got 16 more slides, Mike. This uh, today. And they showed a bunch of new footage. We got a bunch of names. Do you want to go over some of the names? And, of course, we got the reveal of who Forrest Whitaker is playing, which is tied into the Clone Wars. Are you kidding me? Tell them what it is. Everybody knows. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I saw Guerrera making his return to the Star Wars uh, uh, galaxy and uh, and his transition to the big screen. I mean, I... Man, when they insinuated yesterday morning that one of the characters would be a returning character that that Star Wars fans know, I didn't I, like I I was not even close no, to on that trail. And it's funny because Saw Gerrera actually gets a name drop right. in Star that. Wars Bloodline. Uh, the the recent novel mm-hmm. by I believe Claudia Gray um, that focuses on Princess Leia and he's referred to as sort of a um, uh, he was he was a bit more of like a, a, a militant um, member of the Rebel Alliance uh, and and of course you know when he gets name dropped in in Bloodline I'm going like yeah Saw Gerrera from from Onderon right and. Uh, yeah, I remember. Like he was, he was brutal to the point where Ahsoka kind of had to, to try and pull him back a little bit because he was a little bit too intense. And his, his mm-hmm. what was Stila, his sister's yeah. name? Stila, um, was sort of the balancing um, uh, force in that relationship. And uh, I hope this isn't spoilers. I mean, that was what season five yeah. of the Clone Wars. Um, yeah, I think it was the premiere, right? I. I so long ago I, I should hope that everybody's watched it by now it's on Netflix so if you haven't go watch it but Stila doesn't make it out of that and and it kind of changes Saw a little bit and then you know over the course of that that um, three episode arc three, uh, is it three episodes or four? I think it's three uh, I, he's pushed even further so um, so now what he says in the trailer you know, uh, if they if they break you, if you continue to fight, what will you become? It, it, they, it makes so much more sense now because we know who he is. We know his story. We know where he came from. And, and I think that that's uh, I think I, this is the thing that I love about the way that the uh, that the story group is working. Um, when we found out that uh, uh, Temin Wexley from Star Wars Aftermath was actually snap in uh in in uh oh yeah 
The Force yeah. Awakens. We actually found out that, that he's yeah. uh, and Snap Wexley. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it was a little incongruous because I I, I listened to an audiobook and, and I don't really think that Greg Grunberg fit the voice that that, that character was given or um, or really the description that he has in the book. But um, but that's fine. I mean, they kind of retconned it in there a little bit. Um, obviously, I I when um, when Oscar Isaac mentioned that he would like it if if uh, Poe Dameron came from uh, Yavin 4 and so in in uh, Shattered Empire they worked that in and they established that Poe Dameron did in fact grow up on Yavin 4 um, that that's his home planet um, and and you know I, I when when they start pulling things in and uh, and and uh, mm-hmm. Fulcrum gets a mention in aftermath um, and uh, uh, obviously Fulcrum being being Ahsoka Tano and uh, Darth Maul obviously making the jump from Phantom Menace to Clone Wars to Rebels and being the through line throughout all of that. I think uh, I think what's really cool about what the story group is managing to do um, is what they've done, what they had done with Clone Wars. They're now doing for everything. Um, we even saw it in The Force Awakens a little bit with uh, with Maz's castle and all of the banners, and the fact that we saw Hondo Onaka's banner mm-hmm. in front of Maz Kanata's castle, and so that what that does is for the average Star Wars viewer, um, even I would say for the average Star Wars fan, they watch it and they go, yeah, that that's a that's a really great scene. For the hardcore Star Wars fans like us, it gives us this connective tissue between all of the different canon storylines. And I say canon storylines because I do think some of the comics don't really fit in there. Um, and I do think that what we're going to talk about a little bit later with with Lego Star Wars, the Freemaker right. Adventures, it doesn't fit into the canon either. But, um, you know, it, it's, uh, uh, it allows us to sort of draw those connective lines between one story and the next and uh, and bringing Saw Gerrera, a character from the Clone Wars, into into um, into Rogue One, I think is great. And we we learned a little bit more about Saw and the fact that he was actually a character that was intended for yeah, that was um, huge for the live action series, which I thought was really he cool. Did. That I think he Pablo did. You know what's crazy about the Mike is Star Wars show like, this week. For me, I always thought that was like just rumors but george lucas himself said he was doing a tv movie or a tv series and i'm like whoa that was kind of thrown out there like dang that was true like oh man i wish we we could have seen that but oh well maybe sometime yeah so um so one way or another the character of saw guerrera has made it onto the big screen uh or i should say into live action because that would have been the small screen but um yeah so so he's getting his live action incarnation and uh, and 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 I think that it's a that it's a really cool choice. I think it'll be really interesting. I want to see how that character is fleshed out, and then and then we'll have the opportunity, maybe in Star Wars Rebels, maybe in a book or some comics, to flesh that character out and find out what he was doing between the Clone yeah, Wars. Yeah, and, that was that was cool World to World. to hear so, that and to. Um, I mean, we've known for a while that they said, "Hey, yeah, this movie." Uh, Rogue One is really close to the Rebels timeline, so we were thinking, oh, maybe we'll get some kind of Rebels tie-in either way. 
but man, they're tying in the Clone Wars too. Yeah. So again, it shows you that this this uh, this story group, man, they're just they're on top of it, man. They 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 got this thing, this Star Wars machine rolling good, and we'll and we'll talk a little bit about that in uh, Freemakers too. How um, stuff that go, from the Freemakers kind of goes through the story group, and they tell them, no, you can't do that, or you can. So. Uh, yeah, it was it was really cool to hear that, and just you know what it's great for. It's great for us and those that are listening to the show right now that are Star Wars fans that get to tie movies in with TV. And I just I love that. I love that they're doing that. And nobody else, like just the regular standard fan, is going to go see it. Is not going to know and is not going to care. But for us, it's kind of cool. And and why not do that? So that's that was kind of the mm-hmm. big the big thing from Forrest Whitaker is uh, they brought him in. They said this. They wanted somebody that was going to be able to pull off. Uh, this particular character. I don't know what we're going to see, but it sounds like it's going to be a pretty pivotal type type role, whether it's big or not, I don't know. But if you bring Forrest Whitaker in to do that, I mean, this is an Academy Award winner and I want to say maybe multiple. I know he's been uh, um, nominated, but man, you know, this is big time stuff. And I remember thinking, man, they're bringing in Forrest Whitaker. Like Star Wars is known for not bringing in big time talent, you know, finding new fresh talent out there. You know what I mean? But, and then I think about it, I go, well, you know, yeah. in a lot of these movies, they do bring in, you know, Star Wars brought in Alec Guinness. He was a big time, you know, well-respected actor at the time to bring some weight into some professionalism. So then I'm thinking, oh, okay, I guess they're, that's yeah. what they're doing here with Forrest Whitaker, you know, and, and he's not like a Tom Cruise, you know what I mean? He's not that big where he's going to be Tom Cruise in everything he does. You know what I mean? He's, he can blend in, I think, and and so I'm excited to see what he's going to do. As far as um, we'll continue here with Mike with Rogue One. Here's one thing that I think I was already pretty excited about this movie, knowing that we we possibly could get Darth Vader in it. And of course, we found out now that uh, Darth Vader is going to be in this movie, and James Earl mm-hmm. Jones is going to be uh, voicing the character. Which is awesome. I mean, you got to if you're going to do Darth Vader and James Earl Jones is well enough to do it. You got to have him in here. So I'm I'm excited for this movie as I was for the Force Awakens. Mike, I am totally pumped. Mm-hmm. They did talk about Darth Vader that that they're going to use him. Kennedy said I can't remember exactly what she said, but she basically said it's going going to be sparingly, but there's going to be a moment where he weighs heavy on on the story or the situation or something like that. I, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something like that. Uh, what do you think, Mike, about Vader coming in? And, and uh, I mean, is this, is this something that you want? Are you excited for this? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Darth Vader uh, is, is probably the most iconic character from uh, Star Wars. So... Yeah, like, of course. Of course, having him in is going to be a benefit to us, uh, to the movie, and, and to to uh, fandom and everything. We're going to see a little bit of Vader yeah. coming back. Uh, now, have they talked about who's going to be physically playing the character? So I heard a couple things about... about uh, I, the last I heard was they were... Some, someone I, I read somewhere about multiple uh, people helping with this and i thought wait a minute i thought they had they had already sort of mentioned a guy what was the guy's name oh my gosh there was a guy they talked about um big you know guy around six eight kind of like david prowse was at the time 
6668, something like that, to, to don the... Um, he's been in movies before, but I'd have to go back and look at some some uh, stories about Rogue One to see who it was. But then I saw another story where it said something about multiple actors or something yeah. like that. So very, uh, very bizarre. But again, um, it's all about that voice, right? And and getting him back was huge. And again, James Earl Jones back was huge. So yeah, and, and apparently Vader is going to have some, Yeah. Uh, let's see, it's it's basically him and Krennic, right? He's Krennic is the kind of going to be the bad guy in this, but Vader kind of lo- looms large over over this Krennic. So, um, man, I don't know. And some of these shots, can we talk about some of these shots that we mm-hmm. got uh, in this? In the that we got, I think eighteen or sixteen photos that just came out today, Mike. Yep. And holy man, one of the ones that stood out to me was seeing the stormtroopers in some type of ocean or something like that. I'm like, what? I've never seen... I mean, it's just crazy where they're going with this thing. Uh, seeing stormtroopers, they're going to be um, fighting yeah, in the I water, mean, the, I guess. I don't know. It's, just, it's a crazy, crazy hard. image. Uh, any of these um, images that stand out to so you? It's so different from what we've ever seen before. We've seen, obviously, lots of desert. Uh, we've seen snow. Yeah. We've yeah. seen uh, uh, just all sorts of... Uh, uh, sort of um you know i don't know i think more like harsh climate um and obviously obviously we've seen forest on in in endor and that sort of thing but um but this is the first time we've ever really seen a tropical climate which i thought was really really interesting a really really different take um obviously you know when we saw in the trailer we saw the 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 walkers in uh in, in that tropical climate that was weird as well so just seeing these these uh, iconic characters, these iconic uh, mm-hmm. visuals, yeah. but in this completely different context, it's very, very unsettling almost. You know, like these stormtroopers, and they're like ankle deep, or even more like like uh, uh, shin deep in yeah. in uh, in this this clear tropical water that's almost like it's almost gray it's so blue right um i it's it's very odd and then there's the one image of the uh, i think mm-hmm. they're called death troopers the black ones with holding the the stormtrooper doll and uh, that is the first death time troopers, in yeah. the movies yeah. that we've seen something mm-hmm. like that that implies um sort of the civilian aspect of of the Star Wars galaxy and sort of that that innocent aspect. We've obviously seen we've seen stuff in Star Wars Rebels and and definitely in in the Clone Wars we've seen we've seen lots of different um sort of little toys and that sort of thing uh held by by characters because the Clone Wars definitely got into the effect of the the galactic civil war on um on the average citizen right um but you know that's always been something for like the the comics and the books and and the tv shows Mm -hmm. to to tackle it's never really been a concern of the movies because thus far the movies have been concerned with this sweeping epic right with the uh with the intergalactic sort of um i shouldn't say intergalactic interstellar right i i saga of the skywalkers and their family and all that sort of thing 
Um, so, you know, we never really got those aspects, but, uh, but, but to see that it's, I think one of the things that I really like about Rogue One so far is, and, and I, I know this is probably why a lot of people had the reaction that they did to that, that news, um, you know, false as it was that, that they were changing the tone, um, is that like, I love this tone. Uh, I think it's really, really interesting. I think the, the way that they're exploring, the way that they're exploring the darker oh, side yeah. and i don't mean like the evil aspect but uh not not the dark side in you know the the skywalker vader sense but the darker side of of the human element um and there's some really interesting stuff about the character uh Chirut, um uh, which is i believe donnie yen's character um and how he's going to uh, uh, sort of uh, yeah, be our. Yeah. There's no Jedi in this, and and we and you know when we saw the trailer, I think a lot of us were looking at Forrest Whitaker's character and thinking like, oh maybe he's a Jedi of some sort, <clears throat> a Jedi in hiding or something. Now that we know we saw Guerrero, we know, you know that they, as far as we know at the mm-hmm. moment, there are no Jedi, um, and that's one of the things that Gareth Edwards had talked about. But Chirrut is sort of. Uh, representing that aspect of Star Wars without being a direct link to it. And so he's blind, but he relies on his other senses as well as it kind of implies he relies on the Force, that he uses some of the Jedi's teachings to tap into the Force so that he can see, um, which is interesting because I think that that'll tie into Kanan's storyline this in this upcoming season of, of Rebels. Um, obviously we saw that in the season finale and, uh, and, and I think that's going to be really interesting to see, to see how a regular person relates to the Jedi, um, in this time with no Jedi. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We got, uh, some of the pictures like that was another one that stood out to me was like i was looking at it and i go what is in his hand and i I didn't pay attention to it at first and then i was looking at him again i go i kind of blew the picture up i go oh my gosh that's a you're right it's a a stormtrooper drawing wow that is what is this is going to be so different and and we got some some cast some photos of uh you know like the stars with we've got felicity jones jane or so Diego Luna is there. Ben Mendelsohn, and that, we I talked about that just a few minutes ago about how he's, uh, you know, Darth Vader looms over his shoulder is what they say, and uh, gonna hopefully see these two interact a little bit and kind of get that pre-Tarkin type yeah. thing of, of with Vader. And I, man, I tell you what, I'm just I'm so excited for this movie. I can't wait for this thing to come out and to get a trailer for this to get a, another trailer just to get some more into the story, and hopefully we'll get. Uh, you know, maybe a little, maybe Vader breathing or an actual shot of Vader. We'll see. I don't know. But, I mean, you talked about that scene uh, in the trailer, Mike, about uh, it looks like maybe it could be a back to tank. And, and you know, like that that's the Kate, that's, black that's one of the figure. I mean, who could that be? I don't know if I ever asked you that. They're kind Did you of have any theories on who that is? In, in all of this news. And, and uh, not even, mm-hmm. not even mentioning yeah. that they're not mentioning it. Yeah, which I think is really interesting. So, um, yeah, it's entirely possible that that's going to tie into something else. I really, <laughs> really, really think that that's going to be an Inquisitor. 
uh, I really think that that whoever that character is, that they will tie into Star Wars Rebels. Uh, mm, I, I think you know, previously that sort of speculation, I think we were referring to as mm. wild speculation. Um, but I think that news of Saw Gerrera, you know, it 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 just opens everything up. It just it says that that the story group is not afraid. Man, it was a huge door. Yeah, you're some right. Of these characters yeah. and ideas, and even change them depending on on the medium. Because Saw in in the the Clone Wars actually has a very different physical appearance than than obviously uh, uh, Forrest Whitaker uh, as as Saw Gerrera in Rogue One, and and. I mean, I think that's because, you know, you like you said, you, you get a guy like Forrest Whitaker, then, you know, that's all you need sort of thing, right? Like, he's, he's Forrest Whitaker. He'll, he'll, he'll carry that. Um, yeah. I, 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 so I think that they went, you know, we don't need to make his eyes bright blue. That worked really well for the cartoon aspect of it. Um, if you check out, like, pay attention to Clone Wars really closely, Anakin's eyes are like like sort of a, a brilliant blue, and uh, and then you watch the movies and it's like that's not the case, in in the movies, right? Same with Obi Wan. Like they're it's a cartoon, so they they've gone sort of to the to right. the, the the nth degree. Um, you look at Rebels in particular, Ezra has purple eyes, <laughs> so um, it's which is something that like I love it because I love the color palette of Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm, and I'm really interested to see what happens in season three because the color palette of Star Wars Rebels is is orange, purple, and green, and uh, and all of the characters have one of those colors, if not combinations of those colors, in order to make their 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 character design. You look at the core team of Rebels, and that's the, like a, the Ghost Crew, and that's that's what they look like. That's that's how you know that they're a member of the Ghost Crew. Uh, even though they're not wearing uniforms, it's just you know they, there's a lot of orange, yeah. a lot of green, a lot of um, uh, purple, yeah. and and it just kind of brings those three colors together. Uh, Freemaker Adventures is really similar, where you've got sort of a gray, blue, and brown, um, you know, and it's because they're cartoons, so you can do that. You can kind of color coat your heroes, and uh, and color coat your villains and that sort of thing. Um, just sort of for the ease of visual storytelling. But in the movies, we're obviously going to be a little bit more um, reserved and toned down and, and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah, no, but but I do think I do think that that character, that that black yeah. cloaked character, I don't think it's Krennic, which some people thought, like, does he have more than one cape? I don't think that's the case. I think his, his that stark white um, outfit is very... Um, it's. I think it's already becoming iconic. Uh, obviously, it borrows mm-hmm. a lot from from Gra- uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn and uh, and and Grand Admiral oh, yeah. Wolf Yalaren, because um, uh, the first time we ever see that white uniform is actually in A New Hope, uh, and I think in the movies it's the only time we see the white u- uniform, and that's that's like this is one of the things. So you know we're talking about about Saw Gerrera, and and I've just talked myself. Um, back into this circle um, that the guy in the white in in A New Hope is Admiral Yularen from Clone Wars who is you know the the commanding officer of, of um, Yularen yeah oh right. what's the name Clone of Wars, yeah. it starts with an R 
Oof. It's right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, um, oh, good, good trivia question there. But uh, he's the commander <laughs> of, of that ship. Um, the Red. And uh, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan's yeah. uh, uh, fleet. And, uh, and, and he is... He's he's connective tissue between Clone Wars and A New Hope, uh, even though you know he doesn't really have much of a part in A New Hope. I mean, obviously, the way that Saw is being used is on a much larger scale, um, but uh, but it's still you know it's the same idea. So so really like and that that's why mm-hmm. I say you know they they've been doing this since Clone Wars and and Dave Filoni has really been, um, I think Dave and Pablo have been the two that have sort of championed this the most. And you know why? Because they're fans like us. Like, that's what it comes down to, is that they look at it and they see... They don't see an opportunity to create a new character (laughs) and put their own stamp on Star Wars. They see an opportunity to add depth to a character that already exists, which is what we all love, right? So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and we did hear, like, I guess to, to finish out Rogue One here is it sounded like we got a confirmation on this thing is going to end just, you know, moments before. No, I didn't. Uh, I, didn't catch that part. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't, I didn't uh, get a chance to read going out there too, Mike. Did you see that? Did you know that? Seven or eight of them. But uh, I read most of them. But The Resolute, yes. Yeah. See, I, it was on the okay, tip of my thinking. tongue. You're, you're thinking of the Resolute, by the way. Um, um, yes, the Resolute. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, man, just tons of good stuff on Rogue One. I mean, they're really ramping up here, and I think we're going to get a lot more stuff, obviously, coming in the next uh, few weeks when we get uh, Celebration and Comic-Con. Uh, just, I guess we can uh, talk briefly about Episode Eight. I mean, sh- man... I tell you what, some of the some of the the stuff that I've been seeing about Episode Eight, Mike, I'm just like, wow, this thing is. I read some of the stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's fantastic. I, I it's so hard to see a story about. Hey, this is um, what could be happening with uh, Luke and Ray and and Kylo, and they and there's a there's some stuff out there. Some there's some stories out there about them meeting on a certain planet and yeah. having this yeah. giant battle with the Knights of Ren. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, it's going to be so awesome. And, and I don't even know if it's true or not, but if it's anything close to that, it's going to be freaking amazing. So, um, it, they, it seems like they, I think they wrapped up uh, filming now. So now it's just about getting it in there and maybe obviously doing some reshoots and, uh, uh, some of the stories, Mike, have you heard anything that's really, uh, Pretty pretty wild and crazy that you're excited no, for. Yeah. Or, um, I don't, any I don't rumors think that out there that you that you thought or yet. something you want um, to talk about? The only thing that, that that I think I can say about episode eight so far is just how um, how different it appears to be already, uh, and how and and how much it's going to um divert from yeah. that path that that the force awakens set up and you know um i i'm right there with everybody when they say that that episode 7 uh, the force awakens has a lot of similarity to episode 4 a new hope i i agree i think that that the similarities are I, well, I don't think we know that the similarities are 100% intentional and um and i personally think that they are uh 
perfectly executed. Um, I also think that they, that episode seven needed to be that, uh, the force awakens needed to be familiar. It needed to get us back into that mindset, just like rogue one needs to be set in the, in the original trilogy era before we, before we go crazy with young Han Solo and Knights of the Old Republic. I don't, I just, I don't think that coming off of the prequels, I don't think the general public is ready for something like Knights of the Old Republic yet. It's too close to what the prequels were. Um, and, and I think in order to get people back into believing in Star Wars, they need to stick to the familiar. That said, by the time episode eight rolls around, we got two movies under our belt that uh, by all accounts look to be incredible movies. Um, I mean, we know The Force Awakens was incredible. But uh, more importantly, they are familiar and they do they do reset the stage. Um, and, uh, and, and I think with that in mind, episode eight is going to uh, just like blow the wheels off and, uh, and, and surprise us with with some stuff that's going to be very different so i think that i think that the first 15 minutes of the movie is going to be familiar i think it's going to be familiar in the sense that it's it's going to um it's going to pick up right where episode seven left off it's going to remind us a great deal of dagobah and yoda um and luke I, I, but now with Luke in the Yoda role and Ray as Luke, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of that um, right in the beginning, and then I think it's going to immediately take a left turn, and uh, and and be its own movie. And I think, I think that that's exactly what they need to do. I <laughs> yeah. actually think that The Force Awakens is dramatically different from uh, uh, A New Hope, but. Um, only to those of us who know what the heck we're talking about. Uh, I think that for the average viewer, it was meant to be incredibly similar, but for the, uh, for the, 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 um, I'll, I'll call them the stalwart fans, the ones that it stuck around through thick and thin, through prequels, through prequel hate, through the clone wars <laughs> and rebels and everything, I think that The Force Awakens actually holds a lot of um, um, depth and interest that uh, that average people are not getting because they say, "Well, it's just it's just a New Hope. It's just the first Star Wars movie all over again." It's like, ah, yes, it is, but no, it's not at all. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think that Episode Eight, um, yeah. if it's everything that it's being promised, well, is I think it's I think it's just gonna be an awesome movie. I, I'm excited to see more. I think we might see something at Comic Con, but uh... oh, definitely. Yeah, I, that's the I, I heard there's some stuff going on in Vegas, um, and there was some footage shown yeah. in Vegas, and um, yeah, so I, I would definitely think we're going to see something at uh, Celebration. And and you're right. You know what? Yeah. You're right about uh, Episode Eight is or Episode Seven. It was the foundation, and yeah. and I don't know that JJ could go too crazy like you said you had to build that foundation and now with episode eight you have that 
everything's great. Now Johnson can go, okay, now it's going to be, now we're going to show you what we can do with this, with this story. And I'm going to take you in, in this, like you said, we'll start off here, but we're going to go some crazy places. And I think that's the brilliance of having Johnson do that. Like he can go off and, and we can go crazy now. We can get a little wild and we can get a little dark and stuff like that. So that is what's exciting to see. And I think we're going to look back on this when this trilogy is over and go as great as episode seven was, it was a foundation. I think it's going to be the weakest. And I don't mean to say weakest. It's a bad word, but you know what I mean? Like it's going to be the one we look at, like say Star Wars is the one that, that got the ship rolling and was incredible. But a lot of people look to Empire as the best and, and Return of the Jedi. You know what I mean? As far as uh, ranking those movies, I think we might be looking at the same thing with episode seven or uh, this new trilogy is that seven is going to be the the launching point and maybe the one that we look to as being uh, on the bottom of the three when these all three come out. So I don't know. That's just my feeling on that. Uh, just that I'm really go. excited so, to find out. Uh, uh, do you want to go anything else with episode eight, Mike? Or? Um, we know that uh, that uh, Benicio del Toro is playing a character. Uh, I expect to be one of the Knights of Ren. Benicio del Toro, um, or some, yeah. some in some way, obviously affiliated with the dark side. Uh, I, I um, I'm really excited to see who Laura Dern is playing, and uh, and uh, and that new uh, I forget her name because um, she's new. Mm-hmm. She's totally new to to the movies. Uh, well, to to just to like she's kind of like on the same level that. Uh, that Daisy Ridley was uh, a couple of years ago, but um, I can't remember her name. Man, I, Daisy, I can't yeah, remember. yeah, yeah. John Boyega was you're talking about the Asian actress. As yeah, just I know what you're talking like, about, but I don't remember the name. And uh, you know, I'll just paraphrase sort of thing. But he was just super ecstatic about her, about her character, about about um, her skill and her talent, and I yeah. think. I just love it. I just think, you know, as much as we fell in love with Ray, I think we're going to fall in love with this character as well. One of the rumors, uh, and I think that this is, this is something that I would love to see is that, is that it's possible that she is another of Luke's disciples that, um, that there might be an aspect that Ray gets there. Mm. And Luke already has this disciple that he's been training and that she might be another Jedi. Um, uh, I, I know that 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 could be really really interesting to have sort of the two of them um, uh, side by side, but uh, I I don't know I don't know if that would be uh, a little bit too much of the same thing, but uh, but you know like we'll, we'll see. Obviously, like mm. I said, we we don't really know anything yet. Um, yeah, it's it's all very up in the air. Yeah, I bet. We're gonna get a heavy dose of uh, of Luke, I think, and uh, man, with that tease in episode seven, and I hope we're gonna get a lot of, of Luke, and, and we're gonna get some. Apparently, we might get some Yoda as well. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, we we've been hearing stuff about Hayden Christensen so, showing up. It's just like that's for some pretty crazy stuff. And uh, like I said, Luke, that's that's gonna be the big one to see how he comes in because we didn't. You gotta remember, he didn't have any lines in episode seven. He did pull off the old brooding effect pretty well, but we're going to see him actually act again and, and interact with Ray and, and possibly uh, Yoda and maybe Snoke and Kylo. Who knows? But man, that's going to be that's kind of my what I'm so excited about is to see him and to see him fight again. Go, please. Hopefully, he's fighting in this movie and showing some ridiculously badass force powers. I'd love to see that. So, uh, 
Yeah, it's just trains rolling with episode eight, man. I think they're done and, and starting to, to work on that post stuff. So we're getting there. Hopefully a little bit of footage in at, uh, yeah. at uh, Celebration. Yeah, so, so you want to finish so up with that? We're going to do this a little bit differently uh, than, than you guys yeah, are used so, to. Um, it's not going to be a full recap like we do with Star Wars Rebels because this is a Lego show, and there's not quite that much to get into. But, uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's get into this recap of the first episode of the Freemaker Adventures. Yeah. Uh, so, so for those of you, um, like for me, I, I kind of just came into it like I did with the Clone Wars years and years and years ago. It's just like I, I recorded it and I kind of waited and I, okay, let's see what this is. You know, not really thinking much of it. And uh, this is the the Freemaker Adventures. It tells the story of the Freemaker family. You got Xander, Rowan, and Cordy. They're all siblings uh, who are part of this uh, scavenging operation. And uh, they find junk in space and they assemble it into something uh, like, you know, spaceships or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, they're joined by Roger, a droid from the Clone Wars, and uh, who's working to pay off debts and whatever. And uh, they, so that's kind of where the, it starts. And it actually starts, Mike. And I want to actually play, if, if you don't mind here, real quick. It's just a quick clip. This is the beginning and this kind of sets the tone for what you're going to see in this series. Uh, in these eight episodes. Check this out. I have you now. <laughs> oh, gets me every time. <laughs> Nobody could have anticipated that. Perhaps you can see why I might want a plan B, Vader. Dooku always had a plan B. How's that? Nothing. Continue. Impress me. He's not going to impress me. Master, we recently uncovered something of interest in the Jedi archives. The Kyber Saber. What's it do? Don't care, I want it. Gimme, gimme, gimme. One small problem. Uh, here it comes. We don't exactly know where it is. Uh. Forces are scouring the galaxy. The Kyber Saber will be found. It better be Lord Vader. And soon. So I gotta tell you, Mike. From then on, I was hooked, right? Because it's Vader, it's the Emperor. They're not afraid to bring in the classic characters that we love and to make it fun and still have a story behind it. And that's kind of like the gist of this eight-part series that we're going to get. I guess it's the first season, if you want to call that, Mike. But um, we'll get into some of the what else is yeah, going on I, in the show. I really but enjoyed overall, it. Overall, um, like, first impressions? I, I was actually really surprised. <laughs> we've, been, we've been talking about Star Wars TV on uh, first Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, and then on the Rebels podcast now for, well, I've been doing it for almost eight years. It'll be eight years this August. So I've been talking about Star Wars on TV for a very long time. When they yeah. first started doing the Star Wars Lego stuff, uh, it started as just like, you know, little, obviously it started as a video game and then it start, and then they did little vignettes to sell the Lego sets so they would just be like little, like no voices or anything like that. And then they started doing like these little short cartoons. Um, and, and I was like, I was, I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like these are cute. It's, it's very funny, very humorous. The Lego star Wars games have always been fun. Um, and then somewhere in the middle of clone wars, they started doing a Lego star Wars series, uh, the Yoda Chronicles. And, no one ever really said anything about it. Nobody talked about it. It just kind of happened. And I, I discovered later on, 
by virtue of the uh, the Droid Tale series, that actually um, the Yoda Chronicles had like a whole storyline, uh, and that it tied into they'd done a couple of like short movies uh, uh, that got like DVD releases. Um, the Padawan Menace is one of them. Uh, which mm-hmm. which uh, chronicles uh, Han Solo and oh, yeah. Yeah. and Yoda meeting uh, for the first time. Um, uh, although uh, Yoda thinks that Han's name is Ian, <laughs> uh, uh, which like I and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I really enjoyed the Padawan Menace, which I bought on. I think I got it on Blu-ray. I think it came out on Blu-ray. It was the one after that that didn't come out on Blu-ray. It only came out on DVD because it came with a young Han Solo minifigure, and he's got the little name tag that says Ian right on his chest. Um, and uh, and and I really enjoyed that stuff. And it wasn't until later that I found out that actually, like, they there was this this whole storyline with uh, I think the character's name is Jack, and he's a clone with. I, I, he, he, he's not, he Mm -hmm. doesn't have the ability to use the force, but he has like a bionic arm that has the ability to tap into the force that allows him to build ships with the force. And he has a ship that goes invisible and they had, they had released Lego sets and that sort of thing of this. Um, so when, when they announced the Freemaker adventures and they, and Lucasfilm uh, kind of announced it. Like, they sent us a full press release, and they did all this stuff to let us know, like, this is an actual show, right? Now, it's not it's not Clone Wars or Rebels. It doesn't get right. episode guides on StarWars.com or anything like that, which I think is a bit of a shame because no. I'd like to see a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff. But because it's not being done by Lucasfilm Animation, it's it's sort of a different, a bit of a different beast. But when they said, you know, like, this is going to be a full show, I thought, you know, like, let's not do this a disservice like we did with the Yoda Chronicles where we just ignored it. I want to bring this to people's attention. So let's actually cover it on Rebels Podcast. I, It's not – it also gives us something to do over the summer. So we're going to go – we're going to go episode by episode because they're yeah. each one's a 22-minute episode. So there's enough to talk about that we could talk for at least half an hour. Um, but, uh, we're not going to do our full breakdowns like we do with, with rebels or like we did with clone wars. Cause there's just not that much meat, but I do really, really mm-hmm. like the show. Um, I'm glad that, that I made the decision that I did and, you know, sort of put it on, on your radar, Matt and said, you know, like, let's, let's do it. Um, because I do think, yeah, like, check it, it out. We're, yeah. Right. We're, I, yeah. I we're going to have fun while we do it, you know? Um, so th- this first episode, it is definitely, it's what I yeah, thought it was going to be. Sure. It's very silly. It's very, uh, childish. It's very fun. You played that clip and that clip is perfect. It, it, it exemplifies the fact that, uh, yeah. that, uh, this is a kid's show first and Star Wars second. Um, the Lego Star Wars property has always had fun with, with the idea of Star Wars and this is no different, but Mm-hmm. Where this is different from other Lego Star Wars, I think, is that you know, like this has a really, um, a really interesting storyline to it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get so, into the John um, lore a little bit. Yeah, for sure, for sure. 
Yeah. No, uh, yeah, this isn't canon. It's not canon, uh, by the it's way. It's another one of the reasons why we're not going to go too in depth <laughs> on stuff, but it does yeah. it does play with some fun Star Wars ideas. Yeah. So this the first episode uh, basically yeah. revolves yeah. around uh, the introduction to our characters, um, who are uh, uh, Cordy Freemaker uh, and her two brothers Xander and Rowan. Rowan is kind of our main character. He's sort of our Luke or Ezra. Um, or Ray, uh, he he sort of fits that bill. Yes, exactly. Um, and he's uh, he's he's a bit obnoxious. He's a bit he's a bit accident prone, but uh, but actually he has this this interesting connection to the Force, and uh, and he can sense the pieces of this this special weapon called the Kyber Saber. So uh, he he along with his his brother and sister, his older brother and sister. Uh, they have been basically like flying the galaxy, scavenging from uh, space battles, and sort of picking up the debris after uh, uh, the Empire and the Rebellion uh, uh, get in their scuffles, and uh, and and their their search for I uh, I don't know I guess I guess treasures. I uh, uh, parts and 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 bits. Yeah, parts, yeah. I, it it <laughs> brings shift, them yeah. to I uh, to I uh, I uh, what's the name of the planet here? Uh, is it Nal Kapok? Is that? Yeah. Um, they they wind up there, yeah. and through you know wacky hijinks, um, they end up meeting a Jedi Master named Nare, who uh, who explains to them where the kyber saber came from um and the kyber saber was a weapon uh created by a jedi named baird Cantu, one of the one of the first jedi um and uh and one of the interesting things is that the kyber saber actually has its origins in the force awakens um it's it's a so we know that that lightsabers are made they're, they're, the the blade is is focused by a kyber crystal, right? Um, by that little crystal that that the, right. the Jedi younglings find in those caves on Ilum and in other locations around the galaxy. Um, and uh, we also know that that kyber crystals are what power the Death Star, right? Really, really large green kyber right. crystals, um, but we've never seen before what an actual kyber crystal uh, would do as a weapon if it were forged into a weapon and Baird Cantu has forged yes. kyber crystals into the kyber saber uh, which is this this uh, crystalline lightsaber with incredible power so much power that it could destroy an entire planet so, yeah. yeah yeah so so Baird devastating weapon decides yeah, for sure. Yeah. To uh, to destroy the Kyber Saber and scatter the crystals across the galaxy, Rowan has this incredible ability to sense when they're near, so and to to sort of seek them out. Um, and I don't know, maybe we'll get an explanation right. as to why, but I, I we don't really know why that is as of yet. But I, I basically, uh, Car- uh, sorry, Nare wants to help Rowan find the pieces 
of the of the kyber saber and and restore it um and and keep it out of the emperor's hands so um so uh nare and rowan end up rescuing xander and cordy from from a a a group of stormtroopers who are also on this planet and uh and then they all kind of form a team and decide that they're gonna that they're gonna go seek out the pieces so i think that's what it's going to be the main thrust of the season yeah yeah that's the that's the plot i think is 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 not only like you said mike xander is the the luke and the ezra uh he's this young kid that has a special power and i mean rowan not xander he's the other one yeah rowan and uh and like they showed it in the beginning, this says Vader and and the Emperor are looking for the Kyber, the Kyber Saber because this is obviously like yeah. like you said, this is a devastating, powerful weapon, and to see it forged into a lightsaber was pretty cool. And at first, I was I had to rewind it a few times because when he swings it, the energy of the Kyber, yeah. like you said, it, it can devastate planets. It was crazy. I'm like, whoa, okay, now I get it. So he breaks the like you said, he breaks the thing and then he hides it around uh, the galaxy apparently. So that was really cool to see. Cantu and the the uh, the origins of the Kyber Saber. I gotta say too that the beginning of this, I was just kind of laughing because it's like even in, even the characters say the same thing. It's like we're flying in a space battle to collect junk. I mean, how crazy is that? Where they're trying to get these parts and all that, and they're actually yeah. flying yeah. into a space battle to do that. So it was kind of funny, and to, and to see the it was kind of some funny lines. Of course, you know the tie the tie fighter and the X wing pilot said hey we're fighter pilots and they start fighting and they go off and to the you know they're fighting the whole episode it's kind of funny to see them pop up in the beginning and the end of the and the movies they're still fighting each other because they're fighter pilots so i thought that was kind of funny too so a lot of good good a lot of good funny moments in this thing um we got to see a dianoga i don't know that i've ever seen oh, a dianoga yeah, out, yeah. Out of um, the... in shadows of the empire yeah yeah we got to see their full bodies in the in the sewers under under on Coruscant underneath the skyhook I think it's on Coruscant but yeah yeah so okay. we, we did in Shadows yeah. of the Empire in the video game but only if you played the video game and only if you made it towards the, the last few levels but uh, yeah yeah okay I got you yeah 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 so um yeah so that was cool to see that uh and then of course the big reveal of the whole episode was uh was Nara Nare and um that she is actually, uh, like you said, Mike, she's yeah. either a dark Jedi or dark, you know, she's not, not I don't know if she's a Sith yet, but um, it kind of gives you a clue with the kind of the, the stuff on her face. She had these markings on her face and whatever species she is, but then it kind of, at the end, you see her eyes turn and her face kind of, the markings yeah, kind of like glow her, or something like yeah, that. I can't her, remember exactly. Her Change color, maybe? Her markings or whatever they are. They're white when we first meet her, and then at the end of the episode, after she's talk to to vader it was vader or the emperor anyways she talks okay both. Uh, actually it, it's uh, both her, yeah they're both there uh, yeah her yeah. eyes glow red like a sith and then her face her tattoos shift around and turn red um and uh, and so she's she's revealed to actually that's be right some yeah. sort of dark jedi or inquisitor or something like that so um yeah yeah i thought it's it it, it totally took me by surprise and the really funny thing the really funny thing is that on sunday i was at the lego store (laughs) and i was buying some lego i I hadn't bought any lego in a long time 
and uh, and some new sets came out. Um, and you know, I got my eye on that uh, that uh, Rex's ATT, but uh, but it is $150 up here in Canada, so a little bit pricey. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on that, maybe mm. save up and get it maybe for Christmas or something. But I I I saw the the Star Scavenger, which is the the ship that the uh, that the Freemakers fly around in, and then there was another one. Um, oh, what's it called? Uh, yeah it's the lego Lego set and it shows it shows uh, you know i'll I'll look it up sort of as we do this but i um it has it's it's nari's ship i oh and and it, it it comes with her in it obviously and i here we go mm-hmm. Image to load the Eclipse Fighter, yeah, and she's in there. Nare is in there, and she's got a red lightsaber, and her ship looks very evil. Um, uh, so it does, yeah. It's, yeah. You know, like I, I should have realized it, but I, but, but I didn't because I wasn't really paying that much attention. Um, and I didn't, yeah, buy it. exactly. I didn't get yeah. The Eclipse Fighter, although I think I might go back and get it because it's a, it's a bit of a cheaper set. Um, I think it's only like forty dollars or something, and it's kind of it, it looks really cool, and it looks like it kind of transforms or something, um, shifts around. I uh, but I did get I did get the Star Scavenger because I thought it was a really fun set. It's got like a little, it's almost like a little ATST, like a little walker inside of it that that Rowan fits in, that uh, Rowan and Roger can can sort of sit back to back in it. Um, Roger nice. comes with a little, uh, with a little coffee cup, which I thought was really funny. Um, and, uh, but this little walker has like a scoop on the front of it. It's got like a, like a digger, like a, like a bulldozer type, sc- not a bulldozer, but you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a, like a scoop thing. Right. Um, and it actually fits right. into the star scavenger ship. And it's the scoop that in the show you see like the scoop come down and they fly through the debris field and sort of pick up the 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 garbage, right? The 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 debris that's left over from the space battles. So it actually like fits inside it and then all and then the characters all fit inside and everything. Um, and it uh, I don't know, I just thought that it was a really cool idea to have that ship because I've got up on top of my TV uh, display like my my tv bookshelf and everything that's all around my tv i've got the ghost this is all lego i've got the ghost i've got pose x-wing i have the the first order transport that came with captain phasma um that's the only reason i bought it i because <laughs> it was a very expensive set <laughs> and, uh, and then i have you know i've got yeah. some ninja turtles and i i Jurassic World on on the other side and and I had this spot cleared out and it's it's supposed to be for Rex's ATT and it eventually will be but I thought that it was really cool like in the meantime I'm gonna get this Freemaker uh, the Star Scavenger and I'm gonna pop it up there because it's kind of perfect right because I've got sort of all of the current Star Wars series represented um, I've got I've got Rebels with with the Ghost I've got 
uh, the Force Awakens with with Poe's X-wing and uh, and the the First Order transport, and then I've got the Freemaker Adventures, so I kind of put it up there, and it fills in that spot nicely for now. And obviously, that stuff rotates around as new sets come out and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, right. I, it's uh, it's a, it's a really cool little Lego set. It's a lot of fun, um, and I I just I don't know I I I kind of. I, I guess I just kind of decided that I was going to double down on this show and just invest early, get the ship and, <laughs> and all that sort you of did, thing. Uh, you did, you um, did. And uh, I don't, I'm not disappointed. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. I, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I think it's cool. I think the great thing about, about Lego Star Wars is that it is accessible for younger viewers. Um, and I think that it's a great gateway into Star Wars for the whole family you know um mm-hmm. oh definitely yeah. and definitely got, family and, show but i don't know uh, you, you're you're sort of on the other end of that because your boys are all all yeah. getting older i mean one of those yeah, flown the coop yeah. already right i yeah but, uh, yeah i'm yeah, on the so. other end of that and i'm just i'm just starting my family up so <laughs> so yeah it's uh, yeah, yeah I, i'm gonna be watching a lot of kids programming in the next few years you are you're yeah, gonna be so, so sick of uh, it yeah at least some of it could be star wars right <laughs> yeah that's the one good thing about the boys i could always throw in star wars in between barney and and yeah, power yeah, rangers yeah. and all that other kind of stuff uh you know i have to say too i was actually surprised by that reveal of of um mm-hmm. nare it because I just you just didn't think something like that would be like a, yeah. a twist would be in a show like this. So it it did. It just caught you off guard because you weren't you didn't think this kind of show would do that. So that was really cool to see that. And uh, this is actually set between Empire and uh, yeah. Return of the Jedi. If even though it's not necessarily canon, that's kind of where they're going for it. But um, and they also talked. I think it was the the creators talked about the name Freemakers, and obviously they wanted to kind of play off the the skywalker i mean you're never going to get a better name than skywalker but uh they're trying to they were trying to find a name like that and and freemaker thought oh it's free they got the free in the name and and and, and i think the cool thing is that xander especially is like xander likes to build things right and it's lego so this idea that they scavenge the pieces and then xander can sort of build anything um I know. I, I think that that's really cool. I think that that's really clever. Uh, I think it's a it's yeah. a cool different way of 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 uh, looking at the fact that it's Lego Star Wars, right? So, you know, this might not be canon for the Star Wars saga. So, like you said, it's placed between Empire and Jedi, but not Empire and Jedi the movies, but Empire and Jedi the uh, the Lego games. Let's say. Like that sort of gotcha. Lego Star Wars okay, universe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lego Star Wars: right. The Force Awakens comes out on Tuesday. Uh, I've got my pre-order. I'm really excited about that, and uh, and and so I consider this to be part of that. I think, I I think it would be really cool if if the Freemakers uh, were uh, like downloadable content or part of the season pass or something like that. Maybe if we got like a level or <clears throat> or at least like those characters to unlock in in Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens. I think that could be really cool. I'm I'm really like I'm crossing my fingers that that's going to be the case that they're going to reveal those characters mm-hmm. um, at some point yeah. as as being in the video game. Um, right. Uh, and and you know we had to cover the show because of the connection to the Clone Wars uh, with Roger who uh, I think actually 
uh, might be one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. characters on the show so far. Although, <laughs> although was good, yeah. spoilers, everybody, spoilers if you don't if you don't want to know the characters that are going to show up. But Dengar is apparently going to play a big role in the Freemaker Adventures because he's in one of the Lego sets. So. Like uh, the 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 word yeah. is that Dangar will be around. He's going to be a part of it. So, something to look yeah. forward to. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it and listen. Obviously, it's not a Clone Wars. It's yeah. not a Rebels. It's not on that level. And you go into that knowing that, and it, it's just a fun. You throw it on there, and you, you have fun watching it. And there's actually it's actually going to follow this story so it's kind of cool yeah. to see that. And it takes us out of this adult kind of Star Wars. Uh, style, you know, we've been in for for a while now. We're just gonna have some fun, yeah. man. That's what it is. You just have some fun with it. So we got some, you know, we got some cool characters. You got, you got some funny laughs, and you got a story that uh, makes you want to see more, and you, you want to see the next episode because the way this thing ends, you're like, whoa, you know, they, we, we talked about that reveal. I was like, whoa, what's going on next? So let's check it out. And for those of us that are in the states, you got four episodes to get through right away they've been releasing one each day yeah. this week so you can get on it right away so yeah good stuff man um and we'll be shoot uh, we'll be talking about this more and some more star wars stuff as the weeks go yeah, on so sure. anything else mike before uh, we wrap it no, up you know what i think that's it i think uh i think that about sums up this first episode of uh for for our coverage of the freemaker adventures obviously we talked a lot more about rogue one in episode eight and we did the freemaker adventures get used to that uh we're gonna talk a lot <laughs> about uh all of star wars over the course of this summer but uh you know i yeah we'll yeah. definitely we'll be back next week um hopefully hopefully i'll have gotten i don't know because i because i think i got free shipping so I don't know if my copy of Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens will arrive on Tuesday or if it will show up on Wednesday or Thursday. So I may not have played the mm. game at that point. But hopefully I have. Um, I played the demo, and the demo's fun. But hopefully yeah. we can talk a little bit about that um, and uh, and some other Star Wars stuff. Um, whatever news. And uh, whatever, whatever happens between now and next week. But, uh, but that's that's about it for us here thank you for listening of course you can stay tuned for all the latest star wars rebels news uh and you know uh, the the bits and and bites of freemaker news that, that there might be by heading to rebelspodcast.com where tim does an awesome job of keeping you guys up to date with everything you need to know about star wars rebels uh you can also follow us on facebook facebook.com slash rebels podcast as well as on twitter at rebels podcast you can follow myself on twitter i i at arkwolf a-r-k-w-u-l-f you can also follow matt he is at the crankster with a k yes yes um yes and uh, and of course we are part of the Thunderquack podcast network and if you enjoy this podcast then you should head over to thunderquack.com and uh, and and see if there's maybe another podcast that you that you want to check out. Uh, we are sort of we launched a, a couple of new podcasts recently, um, irregularly scheduled, and the sermon a preacher podcast. You can head to thunderquack.com and get more details on both of those. Um, I host a regularly scheduled. It's it's we have one episode so far. It kind of comes out whenever I feel like it or whenever I have time. Um, so look for infrequent <laughs> and irregular episodes. But uh, but but I am going to try over the course of the summer to 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 do a little bit more on that front, at least one a month. So um, yeah, and and you know what too, Mike, yeah. just real quick. And and what's so good about getting a break? 
uh, over the summer with Rebels is it gives us a chance to talk some regular Star Wars stuff yeah. like we did today with Rebels and Episode 8 and all the stuff that's going to be coming in the next month or yeah, so. Sure. Um, we're going to be around to talk about that, so it's going to be fun. Plus, like you said, the free makers. So. Lots of good stuff coming yeah. uh, this summer, so stay yeah, tuned. Yeah, and uh, and you know if if you want to help uh, help us bring you great podcasts like this and all the other ones at Thunderquack, you can do that by heading to Patreon.com and uh, throwing us some support with a with a pledge. Uh, Patreon is kind of like Kickstarter, but instead of it being a campaign that kind of happens all at once and then you have to wait forever for the product it's a bit more like a subscription so every month you you contribute and every month we uh we give you some uh, some rewards to enjoy for that so you can head to patreon.com thunderquack check out those rewards and hopefully pledge every dollar helps um so just you know kicking a buck kicking two bucks um and it helps us bring you more great podcasts uh, so yeah, you can do that. Patreon.com slash thunderquack. That's it for this week. Uh, we will be back next week to talk about the next episode of, uh, Lego star Wars, the Freemaker adventures and whatever other star Wars news comes up. Uh, what's next week's episode called? Uh, uh, oh, my, my browser's freezing up on me. Uh, Uh-oh. the minds of Grabala. So hey, we'll be yeah. back next week. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you then. I'll see you next week.